0: It's uh, great. To be back with the church officially, I guess this would officially end my heart attack season. uh, In the fact that I'm back preaching on Sunday mornings, I'm so used to just preaching Saturday nights, and now I'm back on Sunday morning, and it's great to be back again. Thank you to the church for letting us use technology and letting me have that break, and uh, I'm feeling great and ready to preach today and uh, get back into it. Uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed our last series, though. I just talked about greater uh, generosity with Robert Morris, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved being in receiving mode and taking notes, and I want to let you know that I have now uh, watched that sermon seven times that he preached, and uh, I've read the book, and and I just, each time he preached it, something new jumped out to me. Each time he preached it, something new jumped out, and uh, as I was watching it, um, it just hit me last week when he said... God desires relationship. God never wanted rules. He's, he's not legalistic in that way. He wants to be in relationship with people. Now, he's talking about giving, and then that jumps out to me. And while he's preaching, the Holy Spirit just says, look into that. Look into that. Just take a look at that. So I thought it meant, like, you know, in your devotions this week, Kind of study that. So I started looking at it. And then I felt the Holy Spirit say, Yeah, you're changing next week's sermon. That's going to be your sermon. I'm like, Okay, good. Uh, change of plans. We're going to do that. And uh, I changed the sermon with uh, about four or five days' notice. And uh, I just want to let you know that I am open to the Lord changing the sermon anytime He wants. And I love it when I get at least four days' notice. I'm just letting you know. Okay. Because <laughs> once I was on my way to Teen Challenge preaching in Minneapolis, And uh, I'm in rush hour traffic on 35W. And so clearly I felt the Lord say, somebody needs to hear this instead of what you're planning. This is, and so I am with my phone dictating the sermon into the phone. And 20 minutes later, I'm preaching a sermon I had not preached before and preached them for the first time. and And it went okay. And, uh, you know, so, uh, but again, just the Lord gave me a few days notice and all the charismatics in our church are like really excited. We changed the sermon. All right. So we're good. But it was really that it was that God wants a relationship. And I've entitled this message, God is looking for walking partners. God is looking for walking partners. And we're going to eventually get to Exodus chapter 19 and 20. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there and we'll get there. It's where our passages will come from. But I will tell you this, that God is looking for walking partners, and I enjoy walking now. I didn't always enjoy walking. Well, let me stop. I enjoy walking with my wife, Becca, now, all right? If you were to ask me, do you want to go for a walk later today? I would probably, yeah, I wouldn't do it. But I would do it with Becca if she said, hey, do you want to go for a walk? I've learned that it's more than the walk, and it's great for my cardio. It's great for my physical well-being. I'm glad I did change before you have to. But it's more than the walk. It's about the talk. How many know that? When I walk with my wife, Becca, and we walk um, several times uh, a week, matter of fact, we're really grateful for this warm snap. How many are grateful for this warm snap in Minnesota? Yes. Um, I, I'm just torn between, like, praying for global warming against global warming. You know, like, you know, warm up Minnesota. But anyways, with this warm snap, we've been able to walk, and yesterday we were able to walk, and, and uh, we love to do this. It's two miles to either Caribou or Starbucks. They're right on the same corner. And uh, we are equal opportunity caffeine people, you know. (laughs) Gift card, wherever wherever the gift card is or whatever bakery item we're craving, that wins out because to us, caffeine is caffeine. And I know there's loyal Starbucks people here and you just got offended. It's okay, don't worry, all right. But we walk two miles and while we're walking to Starbucks, and again, there's a little reward or caribou, but while we're walking, here's what's going on. There's a whole bunch of talking going on. And it's become more than just shrink the waist it's become enlarge your heart and while we're there and I would just encourage you if you are married and you're looking for a way to take your marriage to another level walk with one another there's something about walking with one another. That's why God's like, I want to walk with you. I, I, I desire this. Leviticus 26, 12, God says, I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. And he's really not saying, we want to go for a walk to work on your waistline, your cardio. He's saying, I want to have a heart connection with you. We're going to be in relationship with, with one another. We're going to talk about things. We're going to talk about the plans that I have for you and the dreams that I have for your life, and we're going to be in relationship. And when Becca and I are on our walk, we, we talk about our marriage. We talk about the church. We talk about other churches, and I want to let you know it's, it's always in a life-giving way. Just this weekend, we are talking about a church. and. I said, Oh, Han, did you hear about this church? And I won't name them, but um, the pastor came up to me at the health club and he said, Hey, we're doing great. We just went to two services. We're running 500. And I thought, That's so good. So I'm, I'm telling Becca, like, They're 500 and they're in two services and well done. Remember when they were struggling? And it's so good to see that. So we're talking about other churches. We're talking about our, our, our staff and we're talking about future staff that we need to hire. And we're talking about what's going on with the movement and the new campuses. And, and we talk about Connor and Logan, our two boys. And, and and the plans that we have and how proud we are of them and and what they're planning to do and their internships this summer and where they're traveling. And we talk about our friends and people that we know in the church that are struggling and our travel plans and our bucket list. And I mean, all these things going on and the 20th anniversary for the church and we we would talk about things that you know cause a little bit of fear in our life, or like, what are we going to do about that? God, help us to overcome that. We talk about our struggles and how we can have a breakthrough and what we're going to do. Okay, so all this is going on on the walk. It's more than the walk. It's about the talk. It's about the relationship. And God is saying, I am looking for walking partners. I am looking for people that will uh, be with me. That'll be my people. That will be in relationship. God's not happy if you just want religion and you just want rules and and you just want to check the box. God's like, I want to be in your life, your life. I want to be your life. I want to be a a walking partner with you and you to be with me. And to walk with God meant to be with God always, every day, to be in relationship. And how many know, we have that phrase, um, do life together, do life together. People say like, I'm so glad that we're doing life together. God's like, I want to do life together with you. I want to be in relationship and fellowship and friendship. And as I'm looking at walking partners with God, I noticed in Genesis right away, Adam and Eve were walking partners with God. The Bible tells us in Genesis 3 that they walked with God in the cool of the day. And and I don't know what level of intimacy they had. But there must have been some amazing walking relationship times. They never had to swat a mosquito. It was paradise. I mean, it, was, it was amazing for them to be with God and to have that intimacy. And through the sin that entered the world, they broke that fellowship. They, they broke that intimacy. And ever since then, God's like, I'm looking for intimacy with people. I'm looking to be in relationship. I'm looking for people to walk with. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 5, Enoch walked faithfully with God. That's the guy's name, Enoch walked faithfully with God. And there was no and then he was no more because God took him away. And the Bible tells us that Enoch in Genesis and in Hebrews and in Jude, it says this guy loved God and realized it was about a relationship. It was about a relationship with God. And it was saying he walked with God and spent time with God. And, and, and the Bible says that God took him away from this earth, like took him out of earth and like raptured him up or transformed him or however he did it. But he's on this earth. And then God's like, you know, hey, Enoch, we have been walking together. We're in relationship. You get this. Tonight, the conversation doesn't end at your house. Let's just continue it at my house. Okay. And this guy gets taken away out of the earth. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, why in the world would God take Enoch uh, out of this earth? And I think this is the reason. Enoch was the first one who really got it. Enoch was the first one who really understood that it was all about walking with God. And I think God was like, this is an example I'm going to just take this guy out of earth and let everybody know as an example to give him something to talk about, that it's about being in relationship with me. I'm going to take this guy out, just the first one. And some people have come up to me like, hey, if I walk with God, do you think he'll, he'll like zap me out? I'm like, no, you're a long way from perfect. He needs to leave you here a lot longer. Don't worry, you know. Enoch walked with God over 300 years. Over 300 years. Then finally God's like, all right, come on, let's go. But the Bible tells us Abraham walked with God. David walked with God. Moses walked with God. And, and since Adam and Eve sinned, God has been looking for walking partners. And when they sinned and broke fellowship, we started walking on our own. And God's like, will you come back? Will you be in relationship with me? So in Exodus chapter 19 and 20, um, we're going to look here at God speaking to Moses And he's speaking to a group of people and he's saying, I want to be your God. I want to be in relationship with you. I've delivered you, but now I desire to take you to another level of relationship. I'm gonna take you to a level of intimacy and relationship And he said, I want you all to be priests and representatives for me to the whole world. They're all going to see you being the example to them. And we're going to be in this special relationship. So before I get into that, let me give a little bit of history and, and get everyone up to speed. I realize in a church like ours that not everybody knows the Bible stories. Okay, I understand that. Uh, So I always like to fill them in, and so I'm going to cover a lot of history in a moment to get you caught up to Exodus 19, all right? So after Adam and Eve sinned, God was looking for a people to be in relationship with, And he found a man by the name of Abraham. And the Bible tells us that God chose Abraham and said, from you, I'm gonna bless the world. From you, I'm gonna be in relationship and we're gonna be in relationship. I'll be your God and your descendants will be my people. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the family grows. And as the family grows, God is in a special relationship with them And these people are known as the Jewish people today or Israelites, okay? Some of you are very familiar. And these Jewish people and Israelites are in a special relationship with God. But due to a famine in the land, they go to Egypt and God takes care of them while they're in Egypt. Over the process of time, they're not just people living in Egypt. They become slaves in Egypt. And if I could stop for just a moment... Slavery, usually in the Bible times, was not based on skin color. It was based on indebtedness. So people would get in debt and they would say, the only way to pay my debt is to become a slave. Will you take care of me? And so that's how they did it. Well, the Israelites became slaves in Egypt and then they started to be abused. And as they're abused, they're crying out to God. Uh, God, we need to be delivered. And there's a man by the name of Moses who's there in Egypt. And he gets upset at the way the Israelites are being abused, and he kills a man. He kills this leader, and then he has to become a fugitive. And how many know I am covering a lot of history in a short amount of time? All right. But you're like, that's pretty. I always thought it should be a test for our pastors. Tell the whole story of the Bible in five minutes. <laughs> Some of you are like, I'd sign up for that sermon. Okay, but <laughs> So God has Moses. Moses is a fugitive. But God wants to set his people free, and he's going to use a guy, and so he has a burning bush, which catches Moses' attention, and God transforms him. He speaks to Moses through the burning bush. God goes uh, into uh, Egypt with Moses, delivers the people, brings them to the mount where he spoke to Moses, and he's about ready to transform a whole nation of people into walking partners, into people in a special relationship with him. He's just delivered them from slavery, and now they're going to be in relationship. Exodus 19, verse 3. Let's pick up there. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak. To the Israelites. So they get delivered, and God's like, I took care of you. I used my special power. And, matter of fact, I was reading one commentary as I was studying this this week, and it said, God used like eagle power to deliver them. And I got to admit, I had a little nacho libre moment. How many are with me? (laughs) Eagle power, you know And God's like, here's the deal I used my eagle power to set you free out of Egypt And I set you free And you were in slavery And I came in And basically all you did is ride on eagle power And I set you free And the people were excited about that They were so happy And God was saying I brought you out to bring you in That's important I brought you out of the slavery to bring you in to a relationship with me. I just didn't want to set you free. You you didn't need to be bound, but I wanted to set you free and bring you to me. I wanted you to be in relationship with me. And so the people were like, thank you God for setting us free. Thank you for the eagle power. That is so amazing. What do you want us to do? Let me reread verse six and we'll continue to verse seven. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded, we'll do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. you imagine that? He's like, hey God, they will do it. They will do it. They are so excited that you set them free. They'll do everything you want them to to do. And then this is what the Lord says in verse 9. The Lord said to Moses, I'm going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. And the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day because on that day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them, be careful that you do not approach the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain is to be put to death. They are to be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid on them. No person or animal shall be permitted to live. Only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast may they approach the mountain. Okay, so here's the scenario. The people are set free. Moses like, do you want to serve God? Will you do whatever he says? Yes, we will. We'll do it. Thank you, God, for setting us free. And he's like, okay, God, they'll do it. God says, all right, set up a perimeter around the mountain and tell the people to cleanse themselves. They've got to cleanse themselves and get ready because they are going to become purified and cleansed. And there's a holiness that's going to happen to them. I'm going to get Egypt out of them. I'm going to get Egypt out of them, all the bad things, and we're, and we're going to be in relationship. And so I've got my caution tape here with me, and I'm just using this Guys, like, don't cross this line, Moses. Set up a perimeter there and make sure the people realize they are not to come on the mountain until the ram's horn blows. And when the ram's horn blows, then they can come up on the mountain. But until then, I want them to stay on the other side of the mountain, and they need to stay away. Okay, so the people are like, okay, can, can we rethink our answer? Like, this is sounded serious. We loved eagle power with God. And now he's saying there's like, uh, uh, cleanse ourselves. And, we, uh, and they started to get a little bit afraid, but they're like, okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll go along with this. And, and let's continue on. So in verse 16, it says, on the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. Imagine that. When he's dealing with Moses, it's a burning bush. Now he's dealing with a whole group of people, and it's a burning mountain. Okay? He's like, we are about to have a transformation here. We're going to burn away some of the bad that is in you from Egypt, those bad things. But we're going to be in relationship, and this is going to be an amazing thing. It says, um, the smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. All right, so this is going on, and then God gives the Ten Commandments. Moses is there with the people. I always thought Moses was up on the mountain. Moses was there with the people. God gives the Ten Commandments, and he's basically saying, here's how we're going to walk together. We are going to be in relationship, and we are going to walk this way. If you wonder what it's like to be with me, I'm a holy God, and this is the way it's going to be. I saved you out of Egypt to be in relationship with me, and we're going to change. You're going to be changed into the glory of of my image, and you're going to represent me as priest to the whole world. And the people were terrified. Terrified. And as we pick this up in chapter 20, in verse 18, it says, when the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Now, this is an amazing thing going on. They're like, there's darkness, there's fire, there's all this going on. And they're like, God, thank you for saving us out of Egypt. Eagle power was amazing. But we are afraid at crossing the caution line into holiness. We don't know if we want to be in that kind of relationship with you. We, We really love like, If you would just give us just religion, we would like that. We just, can we stay at a disc? Thank you again for saving us. But to come close to you and to actually be in deep relationship with you, to speak to you like Moses does, we are afraid of that. And Moses is like, don't be afraid, guys. God wants to be in relationship with you. Don't be afraid. It's an amazing thing. And he said, all that's going on over there is a test. Now, a better word for test in the Bible would be the word experience. God is giving you an experience of his awesome, holy power. And this experience is going to remind you how amazing he is. And when you're tempted to sin and go back to the things you did in Egypt, you'll remember this experience and this will help you have a healthy fear and respect of God as his priest and you'll live a holy life for him. So he's saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. When you cross the line into a deeper relationship with God, it's going to be a good thing. And they're like, you go. You go, not us. We're afraid. We can't do it. We don't want to do it. We don't want to get that close. We want to keep our distance. We love the benefits of being set free. But I don't know if we really want that close of a relationship. They're like, God, just just use Moses. How many know that we do the same thing? I know mean, we're like, oh God, it's really good. Uh, I know you want me to be a a a leader, a priest for you. But how about if I just stay layperson, and Pastor Rob has to get holy? He could cross the line, and I'll say now again, not everyone is called into the ministry but we are all called to be priests for God. He's like, I want a relationship with all of you. I want to transform you into the image of my son. I want you to cross the caution tape and step into holiness and deeper relationship with me. You are to be a priest for me. You are to be a priest for him at Target and Best Buy and Eastview and Lakeville and whatever place you work. You are to be a priest representing him and who he is to the world. Okay you may not be called in the ministry but all of us are called to go into that deepen deeper relationship with him and you go into that relationship with God But the people are like, I don't want to. I don't want to. That's why God says, um, whoever wants to be my disciple, Jesus said this in Luke 9. He said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. He's saying, you know what? I want to bring you out of the sin, but I want to bring you into relationship, and you're going to take up your cross, and you're going to die to things. Things are going to go. You're going to have to kill the flesh. You're going to have to become holy in his presence. He's going to get rid of those rough edges on you, and he's like, I want a deeper relationship with you. And what's sad about them and sad about us is we just want to keep God at a distance. God's like, I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want to share my plans with you. I want to share my heart with you. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to get rid of those rough edges. I want to get that bad out of you. And, I want to, and then when you go, the transformed life will be an example. How many know that when you live a transformed life, that is just a huge testimony for God. They're like, now, how many remember Bill? Bill? Bill used to swear, and he doesn't swear anymore. And Bill used to tell the worst dirty jokes. He doesn't tell the worst jokes. You know, Bill used to, like, cheat on his wife. I think he's in love with his wife again. What is going on? How many know that when God saves you and gets you out of that and then starts to transform you and you start to cross the caution line into what God has, all of a sudden that transformed holy life, you start living holy and more like God. The world's like, what is going on? God's like, that's what I wanted you to do for me. But the children of Israel said, no, we'd like to keep you at a distance. How many know that real friends don't keep their friends at a distance? You can't stay really close friends if you do this to God. And here's the thing. The, the Israelites thought they made this huge mistake. They thought we can stiff arm God and just send Moses across the line and we'll stay over here and it, and it won't lead to us drifting further away from God. That's a lie. How many know that when you get out of your sin and God saves you and he's like, now come in to relationship deeper. Get rid of those. If you, if you stiff arm God, how many know that you just stiff arm them a little more and a little more and a little more? That's why you can read the Bible and you can see that the Israelites, they, they stiff arm God and then they're close to him, far away. Close to him, far away. Close to him, far away. Why? Because they were stiff arming God and they never wanted to cross the line. And when they rejected it here, God's like, all right, now I'll give you the law. I'll frustrate you. I'll have you looking for new ways, for a new relationship. I'll frustrate you. And by the way, uh, what's so beautiful about our God is he didn't say enough. Instead, he's like, I'll keep sending prophets to call you to repent. I'll keep reaching out to you. I'll keep chasing after you. I'll keep doing it. Matter of fact, I'm going to send my son to calm down, no smoke and fire. How many are thankful that God sent Jesus with no smoke and fire? Okay, mountain with smoke and fire, and they're like, ah! And he's like, okay, they can't be afraid of a baby. Can they be afraid of a baby? (laughs) All right, we'll send them a baby, all right. How many know the second time Jesus come in smoke and fire, whole nother sermon, okay? but He came the first time as a baby, and he came bringing grace, and he laid down his life, and we just, the light went off. We get it, God. You want to save us out of our sin and you want to bring us into relationship. We will take up our cross. We'll die to ourselves. We'll do what you want. And now we'll represent you as a kingdom of priests wherever we go. Wherever we go, we will represent the God that we love, that we're walking with wherever we go. And it's an amazing thing. Last thing I'll share, Revelation 3.20. I love this because... In the Old Testament, God's like, I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you. And I love this, that the Bible ends with, forget walking, let's eat together. I love that. Revelation 3.20, it says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. What is Jesus saying there? He's saying, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking, and I want to be in relationship with you. I want to forgive you of your sins and i'll forgive you of your sins and then we'll eat together we'll cross the line together we'll be in relationship together and i'll be your lord and savior and we'll be in relationship together and so if that's you and you've never had an opportunity to do that you might say i was raised religious I I, I kept God at a distance. I don't know that I've ever given my life to Jesus Christ. He's knocking at your heart today. And there's an opportunity for people to respond. And in just a moment, we're going to bow our heads and close our eyes in just a moment. And I'm going to give an opportunity for people to respond to Jesus and to say, I want to be saved out of my sins, brought out from that, and brought into a relationship with you. Okay, in just a moment. But let me just speak to the group of people that have already done that. If you've asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, but you've kind of kept him at a distance, you've said, God, I love ego power. Thank you for saving me. But I don't know if I want to come to the mountain. I don't know if I want smoke and fire. I don't know know if if I want you to burn away the things that are wrong in my life. I kind of want to keep you at a distance. I want to tell you as a follower of Jesus Christ, move towards Jesus. Move towards the relationship. Walk with Jesus. Let him Take away those things that don't need to be there anymore. Become a priest. Don't say other people need to pursue holiness, not me. You need to pursue it because that's beautiful. The world benefits from it. You benefit from it. You look like your heavenly father, and you need to stop stiff-arming God and draw close to him. And at the end of the service, there'll be prayer teams here. And if you're a follower of Jesus, and you kind of have been stiff-arming God, and you know there's something he's been dealing with you, Find a prayer team member and come up and pray with them and say, I want to cross the caution tape. I want to draw closer. But to that first group, if you don't know Jesus, this is an opportunity to do it. We're going to take just a couple minutes, and this is an opportunity for you to give your life to Jesus. Could everyone bow their heads and close their eyes? With their heads bowed and their eyes closed, I just want to ask this. If you're ready to say, Pastor Rob, include me in this closing prayer include me in this closing prayer. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I'm ready to cross the the line and come out from what I've been living in and into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to turn from my sins. I I want to be away from the things that are wrong and I want to be in with God because I realize he sent Jesus as a baby to live on this earth and to pay the price for my sins. And God was saying, I want to walk with you. I don't want to be separated from you. I want you to be forgiven. If that's you and you're saying, Pastor Rob, I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. You may have been raised in a Christian home, but this is your opportunity to say, I want to know Jesus personally as my Lord and Savior. And if that's you with everyone's head bowed and their eyes closed, if you'd say, Pastor Rob, include me in that closing prayer, Would you raise up your hand, look up at me, and I'll acknowledge it, and then you can put it down all across this place. Go ahead. Yes, I see your hand over there that has done it. Yes, I see your hand there. Yes, and back there. Yes, over there. Are there others that would say, I want in? Yes, way in the back, I see your hand. Yes, I see your hand. There's others. There's hands going up all across the place. Just raise up your hand, look at me, and if I'm not seeing, just kind of give it a little wave. Some of you are doing that. That's awesome. Thank you, and way in the back there. I know we've got some polls and, and you, if people are looking around it, but just raise it let me see. Yes, I see your hand. Praise God. Yes, I see your hand too. Many, many, many people are doing this. They're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. Yes, I'm glad we waited. I saw that hand go up way over to my left there. Yeah, man, that's awesome. It's what it's about. This is a moment where you could say, I want to be changed, Jesus. I want to be saved from the wrong that I've done and into a relationship with you. I'm going to wait one last moment, one last moment. Yes, I'm so glad I waited. I just saw your hand immediately go up. Thank you. Way over to my right, way in the back there. Is there anyone else? This is a last moment. Uh, I'm not trying to manipulate anything. I'm just saying this is too important to miss. And it's like a moment of decision. Your flesh is saying, don't, don't raise your hand. But your spirit is saying, I want to be close to God. Yes, I'm glad you raised your hand. And I see two more over there and one more there. It's what it is. Yes, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Yes. Ushers are waving me down. They're like, people are raising their hand everywhere. Praise God. You can put your hands down. We are so glad for this. This is so good. Keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. and Your hands are down. Now, this is your moment, and I'm going to say a prayer. And when I pray this prayer, I'm going to ask that you would pray it right after me. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart in Jesus Christ, the price that he paid on the cross for you, You'll be forgiven of your sins. You'll be saved out of your sins and into a relationship with God. And I'm going to say a line, and then you could say a line out loud. But here's the thing. The other people around you, they're going to pray it with you. We love to pray this with people that have made that faith decision. So they will pray it out loud with you. So let's pray this together. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins and all that I've done wrong, and I need to be forgiven. So I ask for that forgiveness That you're offering today I receive it I believe you died on the cross And rose again from the dead So that I could be forgiven And I receive that I'm saved from my sins And into relationship With my loving God Help me to live for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. So God, I thank you for those people that made that decision. They raised their hand. They said, God, forgive me of my sins. I desire to be saved from them and into relationship with you. And now, God, I pray they would never stiff-arm you, but they draw closer to you and closer to you and closer to you and realize that it's the best decision they've ever made in their life. They're forgiven, they are your child, you're their God, and they will now uh, follow you for the rest of their life. We praise you and thank you for these people that made that decision. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Almost 20 people made that decision. Can we thank God for the people that made that decision? Yes. Yes. Give me one minute with those people. One minute. If you made that decision, uh, the best way I could say this is we wrote a little book called Now What? Me and some of the pastors. And here's what it is. God saved you from your sin. And I guess I could say this. The Now What book is like, now what? How do I... Cross the caution line. How do I cross the caution line and, and be like God? So it's like, now what do you do? It's our free gift to you. The prayer team members will have it. It's at the Welcome Center. Love for you to get that. And then before you go to bed tonight, if you gave your life to Jesus, will you tell someone you did it? tell someone. That means call a friend, tell a pastor, tell somebody at church, tell a neighbor. doesn't matter. It's only 10.55. Before you go to bed tonight, tell someone you gave your life to Jesus Christ, all right? Can you stand with me all across this place? Prayer teams, come on up. Make sure you have the Now What books for the about 20 people that made that decision, and uh, we celebrate that together. Have an amazing week with the Lord, and um, maybe you might want to go for a walk with them. But realize this, God's looking for walking partners. Don't stiff arm him. Enjoy the journey with him and be changed into into his image. Amen? Amen. Have an amazing week serving the Lord. God bless.